You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Now, as you mentioned during the introduction, I have not seen your selection for today, last night in Soho. So, perhaps like many others listening and watching, let's get onto the trailer for the first time for me. Baby, you don't know what you're saying. What brings you down then? I'm studying London College of Fashion. Right, say, Room is on the top floor. It's perfect. I love it. If I could live any place in any time, I'd live here in London in the sixties. Last night, I saw something in my dreams. And you are? Sandy. I got this kind of gift. I can see people, places, things others can't. This is the closest most people ever get to their dreams. Do this. You think you can just walk away? It really happened. What did you see? Do you believe in ghosts? I want to report a murder. You witnessed the murder last night, but you believe this was a vision from the past. The guy that killed her is still alive. Stop him. Where are you going? I know what you did. I've done a lot of things. You're gonna have to be more specific, love. You can't save me. Wow, I'll talk about a mosaic of images and feelings and you use the term Jean Jumper, which I'm going to you know, assign to you forever now. <laughs> you invented the, the term Jean Jumper. Wow, I, I'm actually full of emotions about this. It's thinking, is it, too, is it going to be too complicated as a storyline? Is it going to be you know, sufficiently enthralling? Is it going to be too long, too short? 
Um, yeah, okay. Let's continue that with the marketing campaign and see what, what more we can you can reveal about this movie. Because you've seen uh, the movie, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I've seen the movie, and I thoroughly enjoyed it, Pascal. It really is a fabulous movie. But as I say, it, it, it's sort of – it's part 1960s nostalgia – so there's a heavy, heavy um, uh, sort of view of London in the 1960s. I mean, even the, the, it's in the trailer, the bit where one of the characters walks out onto the street and you've got Thunderball oh, yeah. on the movie poster opposite, which sort of places it around about 1965, 1966. And it's also part ghost story as well, part horror. There's a murder mystery in there. It does jump between time zones, although it, it, it happens in a very clever and very subtle way. But I got Back to the Future style vibes from it. Um, the cinematography is fabulous. Now, there's a to achieve that sort of past present jumping. They they do it, and I've and I've actually watched um, um, some some documentaries about this. There was no actual post. Uh, production trickery to do these special effects they actually did it with different camera angles and even from the point of view of one character looking into a mirror and seeing a different character was all done with camera angles apparently which is absolutely incredible i thought the color palette was gorgeous the mm. actors are are really good i mean anna anya taylor joy is really really attractive lady and incredible actor she was in a tv series called the queen's gambit about a chess player which was That's astonishingly right. yeah. good yeah 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 uh, and then of course you've got the thumping 1960s hits but the thing is pascal I, I, the the script probably let itself down towards the end there's a big reveal which i'm not going to talk about just in case you do decide to watch it which the film builds up to and i I think the script actually just messes it up a bit, oh, um, right. which which is unfortunate because it probably does let the film down in its last third. Having said that, though, it opened to fabulous reviews, really good reviews. I think it's 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is really quite high. But it was an absolute box office failure. I think it only made $23 million against a budget of 43 it was nominated for BAFTAs as well and many, many other awards. And I just think, well, is it because of the writing that it wasn't successful? But of course, it can't be because if people were disappointed with it because of the writing, then they would have actually gone to see it in order to be disappointed. So the fact that it bombed was probably down to the marketing because I can't think of why people didn't go to see it. Now you've already, you've already articulated that maybe there was a lot going on in the, in the trailer. And despite the fact that it looks good, you know, is it a nostalgia film or what is it too jumping about? And maybe that puts people off. So if we look at the marketing, let's actually decide whether they didn't focus enough on what the film was actually about. So, as you've said, the trailer is pretty heavy on the, the 1960s nostalgia, I think. And the poster as well pretty much plays upon that too. I mean, again, the, 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 uh, the colour palette's beautiful uh, and, it, and it showcases the actors and there's, there's a teasing of the, of the time zones things going on. But I think that it's very light on the story and heavy on the gloss. 
Mm. Edgar Wright is known for his glossy films. He did Baby Driver. The Sparks Brothers is very musically orientated. Um, but then I'm thinking, well, the trouble is, you you get the flashes of murder. There's a, I'm sure there's a knife scene in the in in the trailer. But is it? Did it actually blow it by? not telling you what this film was about but then on the other side of the coin maybe they would have given too much away and as i say there's a big reveal which i don't want to reveal but they may have teased that too much so it was probably very difficult for them uh i think maybe they should have gone a little bit further to tell us what was in the film now if i go right back uh to september 2019 uh when um Edgar Wright actually posted on Instagram on the day that they wrapped shooting. Now, if you look at that photograph, um, Pascal, which shows um, one of the characters looking really quite wide-eyed and terrified, if you were to see that photograph, you would assume that this was some sort of slasher movie, wouldn't you? Actually, looking at the image, it reminds me almost of Japanese horror, you know, because she's got that kind of um, mascara has been running out and has kind of almost the eyes, you know, which are open very wide, as you mentioned, and yeah. circle with the black of the, of the makeup. It yeah. reminds me a bit of, uh, was it The Grudge or one of those, yes, Dark Water? Yes, yes. Um, so for me, you know, at that time, if I'd seen this, I'm thinking horror. And I'm thinking maybe an homage to Japanese cinema. I'm thinking of uh, probably uh, what we've enjoyed, you know, the, the, the whole, the insidious and all those kind of movies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely, it doesn't definitely has that vibe about it. Now, of course, the movie was pulled from its 2020 release <sighs> because of the pandemic, as we know. Uh, so that delayed everything. Um, Edgar Wright was interviewed within the Empire magazine. There was a load of photographs in the Empire magazine, all of which were very similar to the one that we've just talked about. So scary photograph of female protagonist. Finally, they um, moved it to its October 2021 slot. And Edgar Wright was back on Twitter straight away and uh, talking about it now one of the things that i do think they got right with the marketing here is the use of twitter edgar wright's tweeting about it a lot it had its own twitter handle as you would expect and they definitely shared a lot of really beautiful photography uh, both from the film but also from the events that surrounded the film which i think is really good but once they got the date nailed for october 2021 then the marketing actually ramped up so the first teaser poster and trailer came in may 2021 the teaser poster was more of a sort of split between the past and the present so you had anya taylor joy's character who's the one in the past on one half of the poster and uh thomas in um what's what's her what's her actual um full name thomas and mckenzie's character on the other side of the poster to give you that idea of the fact that it's split in time and then it this is when maybe again this is this is part of the uh, of, of the issue there's a lot of talk about is this film totally about the nostalgia for the 1960s and, and edgar wright has been interviewed about this a lot and 
it's probably just a general observation but when we do films which have a heavy nostalgia element to them and again i think back to the future had a nostalgia about the 1950s we tend to focus on the good things that happened back in time oh i'd love to mm. have lived in the in the 60s or the 50s it was such a much better time than it is now and what we don't really what we don't really focus upon perhaps is that there were bad things happening in the 1960s and the 1950s as well. And what this film does, because of its uh, the horror element to it and the murder mystery element to it, does highlight quite a lot of the, the nasty stuff that was going on in London in the 1960s. You know, gangsters and crime and abuse even. And that's sort of hidden by the marketing campaign and again you know maybe they should have teased more of that in the campaign and made it less glitzy now again this this was uh, this was discussed massively during the venice film festival in september 2021 and there was a really extensive interview panel in venice with all the actors involved and even and as well it's worth shouting out that this was the last film that diana rigg um actually filmed oh, now, wow. diana rigg as you know was one of the best bond girls ever she was she was in on a majesty's secret service with george lazenby she also played emma peel in the 1960s tv series the avengers and she was also a, a key um actress in game of thrones as well um, but this was unfortunately the last role she did before she died but i think then the, the, they did a lot of tweeting uh and there's this tweet from venice i think that they did a good job of selling the ensemble cast and selling the 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 run-up to to the launch of the film but i'm still not getting from the tweets that there's anything other than other about this film other than the 1960s nostalgia are you getting anything else yet or, or not no and, and i think what, what's interesting for me uh, as i'm discovering it's actually good fun to do this this way i'm yeah. discovering the marketing campaign and i'm reacting to it live i'm thinking unless it's been hidden away or it disappeared from the interweb i can't quite believe that they went for an october release mm -hmm. therefore i'm thinking halloween therefore i'm thinking some of the lessons you know we shared with regard to um you know things like scream five but not five and that kind of things so was there a chance for them to capitalize on what you have discussed before which is to split the audience based on the different facets of the movie yeah so could you have, could you have targeted the horror fans could you have targeted the 60s fan could you have targeted um, filmmakers, actually, you know, in some right, because Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright is now someone that even I follow because I feel like I can learn and I find his work from the from the get go was inspiring. His use of camera, his use of jump cuts that we saw so in Shaun of the Dead. And did he do Hot Fuzz as well? Or was it somebody else? I think he Memory? did. Hot, I think he did do Hot Fuzz. Yeah. yeah. So you've got all that going on, and he's a Brit, and he's taking place in London. So, so I'm thinking, for example, you know, could you get people to go? to Soho and take selfies and send them to maybe a competition. So my mind is racing already uh, informed by the 77 movies we've reviewed <laughs> to, to date. And I'm thinking, well, maybe they did do that, but I'm not hearing it. And, and, I, and I wonder whether, you know, because I understand just enough about the industry, Roger, to know that Edgar Wright 
is not in control of the marketing. That, mm-hmm. That's that's a definite. He did his bit with the festivals, with the using zone account and so on. But I wonder and would love to hear from anyone involved. In it, I wonder whether they sat down and worked out a strategy based on splitting the audience. Yeah, and talking about splitting now, the 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 second post, which is the one that we um, that we've actually got uh, uh, on on the the notes here, came out in September. And the, as I say, I think the color palette of the film is absolutely gorgeous, and and you'll love this from a filmmaker's point of view. The 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 the, the video is tinged red or blue, depending upon which era of the story um, you're actually in. And it's very, very subtle when you're watching the film. You probably don't notice it until somebody points it out to you. But some of the scenes set in the past have got a slightly different colour palette than some of the scenes set in the present. And and I love that. Now, finally, in October, and, and, and this was like li- literally in the, in the days running up to the launch, they started doing some TV spots. And again, I love the fact that they actually uploaded the tv spots to twitter as well they finally did start talking more about the fact that the film was a time twisted murder mystery as opposed to just a 1960s nostalgia um thing because there's a heavy music slant to this and as i said the site the soundtrack is fantastic um edgar wright as you would expect put out a spotify playlist for uh, i love the fact that, yeah. he's, that that he's done that all the costumes and the costumes are fabulous as well were on display in los angeles universal city walk interestingly enough from a musical point of view they actually put out a music video of Anya Taylor-Joy singing her version of Downtown. Now, this is really interesting. I I can't think of any of the films that we've reviewed so far in film marketing where this has actually happened. So if you watch this video, I mean, she sings it. It's a a much quieter, downbeat version of Downtown than the original. but it's interlaced with scenes from the movie. Now, what they've actually done is the scenes from the movie that you see in this music video are actually the same scenes from the trailer, so you're not actually getting anything new, except the fact that this actress is doing a version of this song. Now, this is a completely separate music video. It's not in the film itself. The song's in the film, but not this actual video of her singing it. Now, I thought that was quite interesting. I like the idea of you know trying different ways to get the audience to pay attention so oddly even though i never saw the trailer i'm pretty sure i saw the tv spot yeah and my memory was around the mirrors mm-hmm. now thinking oh that that's clever and, mm. and it felt like something i'd want to, to watch and i do remember seeing the um the music video probably pushed by you know the algorithm on youtube and so on and back to this idea of you know, is it a horror film? Is it a time travel film? Is it a thriller? You know, there's all kinds of things. I, I think that the music video doesn't actually give much away. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed the performance, but I didn't feel I was um, let into the universe of last night in Soho in any meaningful ways. Yeah, and um, even though the t- the TV spots finally started to reveal a little bit more about what the film was about. We then almost go back to it being a nostalgia thing. There was a there was a, a focus on the sixty the sixty second film school, and they mm-hmm. had Edgar Wright in there, but he was mainly talking about his own nostalgia 
for London in the 1960s and how he represented that in the film. And again, I think that it sort of, um, it just didn't give an enough away. Um, the next thing they did, which I thought was quite cool, is that there was a, a lens for Snapchat um, um, that went, that can turn your world into, into 1960s London. But again, it's turning it into 1960s London, which reinforces the fact in my head that this is a nostalgia film. It's more like a film like probably Quadrophenia or or um, or Tommy or something like that, rather than a, than a horror movie murder mystery. Um, I had, I have to say the tweeting they did from the screenings leading up to the premiere very glitzy beautiful um photography and i think that that was good but again not giving much away about the film and i think as you would expect there were some uh, specific posters made for specific theaters um the the last one here for for the um for the amc theater focuses dolby labs etc again it focuses entirely i think on the 1960s nostalgia and the vibe the final piece of of marketing i absolutely love this pascal is they actually um commissioned a painting by artist james patterson and if you've actually, I actually include the link here in the notes for us, you can actually click through to a tweet, which was obviously time-lapsed as he was painting it. And it's absolutely gorgeous, this piece of artwork. And again, it has the two colour schemes, the blue and the red, denoting the two time zones. And it's an absolutely gorgeous piece of marketing. But once again, however good it is, and however beautiful it looks, and I would be happy to have that on the wall here in my office, it doesn't give you anything about the story. The, the strap line, a murder in the past, a mystery in the future, in very small writing, maybe people would miss that. So my conclusion is that this is one of the best films I saw in 2021. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love the people. I love the script. I love the the uh, the cinematography and the way that Edgar Wright did it is absolutely amazing. But I think that the reason why it was a box office bomb was that people didn't think that this was anything other than a film about the 1960s and maybe a musical film about the 1960s. And for that reason, they didn't go to see it. And that's a shame because it is actually a really quite good, scary horror movie set in the 1960s and with a, an element of time travel to the present day as well. So, Pascal, if you had just seen the marketing and you hadn't got me rabbiting on about how good it is, do you think this would have made you go to want to see it? Nope. Yeah, I'm sorry to say, and and I feel terrible about it because you and I know enough about the world of movie making, cinema, to know that this is, uh, you know, people said, you know, a movie being made is a extraordinary and a miracle in its own right. And but I'm thinking back to this idea of um, when I saw the teaser, when I saw the video, and so on, that would be on my watch list on Amazon Prime or Netflix or wherever probably for a very long time, you know, I wouldn't be like looking forward to seeing it based on just the marketing pack, but which is also part of the marketing campaign, word of mouth marketing, which is what I've been essentially going through with you. I'm thinking, I really want to see this now because I am a big fan of the genre. I like that type of things. And I want to literally be impressed by the craft 
in the cinematography that I know that Edgar, Edgar Wright can, can pull off. I just wish that they would um, almost make up their mind about, you know, you've got to lean on something. You know, you've got to choose. Is it a horror film? Is it the 60s? Is it the murder mystery? Is it actually about, you know, uh, female uh, emancipation? It, it doesn't matter what you choose, but you've got to choose your camp. And it feels like with this one, um, putting to one side the fact that it's not down to the, the producers of the film, it's down to the marketers and and the distribution companies. You, you, you have to choose or choose many camps, but be clear. I would almost suggest to you that this trailer that I saw for the first time today with you, uh, I felt a little long. It felt like they packed everything in, which is a, a symptom and a signal that they just couldn't make up their mind about which way to go. Um, so based on the marketing uh, elements and ingredients, I have to say, no, based on this conversation, I'm going to rush now to my <laughs> TV and quickly look where it is because I've got to see this now. Yeah, and you will you will like it from the point of view of the filmmaker. I mean, honestly, Pascal, some of the cinematography and the camera tricks, you will come back here and you will phone me up and say, this <laughs> This is how they did... There's a particular scene, which, again, I'm not going to ruin, where they do this incredibly clever um, bit of a, of a dance number, and it flits between the two time zones. And I've... To say that they achieved this without any post-production... Um, special effects they did it all down to camera angles is astonishing you'll be able to tell me immediately how they did it but i had to watch a documentary to tell me how they did it but you, i know you will know <laughs> how they did it so even from that point of view i hope that you do watch it and i hope you do enjoy it but it would be interesting as well to see i do think that they blew the ending a bit it's a really good big reveal and it it, it it's a great twist, but I think they cocked it up. Not from the top. Well, listen, everyone, let us know if you've seen last night in Soho and do you concur? Do you, you know, kind of reflect on what Roger has shared with us? If you've not, will you, like me now, look forward to seeing it and, and kind of take on board uh, the, the information? But it, this has been actually a fun uh, variation on film marketing where I, I walked into the virtual room knowing very, very little and, and to great pleasure in listening to, obviously, your, your account and, and the, your discovery for the marketing campaign. Everyone, this has been episode 78 can you believe it roger thank you so much for being a wonderful co-host and for all of you thank you for being wonderful supporters please leave your suggestions and comments in the usual places until the next one go out there and make sure your marketing is done right i was pascal Anthony, and he was roger edwards Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.